Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us for our early morning prayer. Um, we're hoping in a couple of weeks we can get back to uh, in person again. Uh, we just thought during this uh, rise in Omicron, uh, people would appreciate just the extra measure of safety. Uh, we're continuing on this morning and reading from John chapter 18. Uh, so if you have your uh, Bibles or uh, smartphones or tablets, you can follow us uh, along. We're going to read from verse 1. John chapter 18, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the ravine of the Kidron, where there was a garden in which he entered with his disciples. Now Judas also, who was betraying him, knew the place where Jesus had often met there with his disciples. Judas then having received Judas then having received the Roman cohort and offer officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. So Jesus, knowing all the things that were coming upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am he. And Judas also, who was betraying him, was standing with him. So when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Therefore he again asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these go their way. To fulfill the word which he spoke. Of those whom you have given me, I lost not one. Simon Peter then, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. And the slave's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put the sword into your sheath. The cup which the father has given me, shall I not drink it? So the Roman cohort and the commander of the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him and led him to Annas first, for he was father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was expedient for one man to die on behalf of the people. Simon Peter was following Jesus and so was another disciple. Now that disciple was not known to the high priest and entered with Jesus into the cohort of the high priest, but Peter was standing at the door outside. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. Then the slave girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the officers were standing there, having made a charcoal fire, for it was cold and they were warming themselves. And Peter was also with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I also taught, I always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together and I spoke nothing in secret. Why do you question me? Question those who have heard what I spoke to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the officers standing nearby struck Jesus saying, is that the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, if I had spoken wrongly, testify of the wrong, but if I, if rightly, why do you strike me? So I just sent him bound to Cyphus, the high priest. Now Simon was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest being a relative of the, of the one whose ear Peter cut off said, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied it again and immediately a rooster crowed. Uh, let's end here this morning. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, so quite a sequence of uh, dramatic uh, episodes here 
uh, I, I know that you've we've read this many times, you know, and, and, and we usually do this reading leading up to Easter, Good Friday, and Resurrection Sunday. Um, but it's quite dramatic. A lot of things are going here, going on here, and uh, you know, these are a, a group of people tighter than friends, you know, brothers doing ministry. Uh, their whole lives have been transformed. They left behind everything to follow Jesus. Uh, there was a brotherhood. There was um, just this common sense of, uh, uh, you know, being, being on the same team, um, you know, really had given everything to follow Jesus. Uh, the 12 disciples, uh, you have uh, John, James, and Peter. Uh, and in the midst of this, uh, Judas then goes and betrays Jesus. And I think uh, it was hurtful to everyone. I think it was shocking. I think, I think people, you know, would have expected that something like this would happen uh, in the world, in a worldly context, uh, that something like this is something that they would have not been surprised by, you know, in terms of betrayal and things like that, um, you know, it, it, maybe even in their homes, maybe even amongst relatives, maybe even amongst their workplace, but never, never in a million years would they have ever thought, you know, it would have been from within. Um, and, and so it just kind of, can you imagine the shock, uh, the, the thoughts, the, the million and one thoughts as they're realizing what's going on and they're like, oh my gosh, it's one of us. It's from within one of us. Uh, what's, what's interesting to me, what, what stands out to me as I was preparing this devotional is that a uh, couple things, couple things. One, uh, Judas knew it says in verse two, now Judas also, who was betraying him, knew the place, for Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Jesus would take the disciples. It was an intimate time, uh, a time and place away from the crowds, away from others. It was like their secret go-to, you know, place for some R and R or just just you know meeting together. And and Judas knew the place because he was you know the inner circle. He he. He was included. He was accepted. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, having known this place and having known this intimacy and having known Jesus uh, in, in this type of relationship, uh, Judas ultimately betrays uh, Jesus. There's a lot of theories, um, you know, as to why Judas did it. One of them is uh, one, one, one uh, argument out there is that he actually... Uh, wanted Jesus to take his kingly or Messiah platform sooner or quicker. You know, he, he uh, uh, you know, he wanted to kind of uh, force it, so to say, or expedite. And so knowing that Jesus, you know, or some, some argue commentary said, knowing that he was Jesus, knowing that he was the Messiah, he uh, uh, kind of, you know, force the envelope uh, in hopes that Jesus would take his rightful place and then, and then everything would be, you know, the kingdom, uh, earthly kingdom would be established and then Judas would have his place in that. Uh, and so that's why, you know, after Jesus was crucified, 
you know, it, that kind of doesn't make sense. Why, why would he then go and, you know, commit suicide, you know, because he realized what had happened. It didn't work out the way that that's one argument. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I won't say one way or another. Um, I, I will say this, though, whether it was his motive was good or bad, whether it worked out the way he wanted it or not, I, I'll tell you this. He had his own plan. He, he had his own agenda. He, he had his own vision or idea of what the kingdom of God meant, you know, of what, what following Jesus meant for him. And so, you know, in, in a, experiencing God, you know, the first unit of every class I've done in the last, you know, 15 years or so, uh, the very first opening, and some of you guys might remember this. Uh, I hope you remember this. Uh, you know, but there's a biblical way to pray and an unbiblical way to pray or a, a Christ-centered way to pray and a, and a self-centered way to pray. And, and the, uh, the self-centered, not in a bad way, it's not like I'm, you know, like so consumed with myself, but like, like the prayer that I pray that is really centered on the things that I want. And that prayer kind of goes like this. It's God, you know, what is your will for my life? Or God, what is your will for my job? Or God, you know, tell me what's going to happen in this relationship. Give me a sign or a confirmation. So in essence, it's God. That's great. We're, we're pursuing him. What is your will? Oh, that's good. That sounds spiritual enough. But then it's for this, for the things that I want, for my job. Or God, what is your will for this? You know, my relation, my future, my family. You know, am I, am I going to get married? Am I going to have children? And so, you know, Blackaby reminds us um, you know, the, the biblical prayer is, God, what is your will? Period. Full stop. Not, God, what is your will? And then we add on, you know, for me or for my life or for my future. It's just, God, what is your will? Period. Um, and I think, like many of us, including myself, you know, we struggle with this. And Judas struggle with the same thing. God, not what is your will, your kingdom come. And, and I'll come in alignment with that. But God... What is your will for my life? What is your will for Israel's future? What is your will for my for the for the earthly kingdom? What is your will for my place in this world? Uh, and so I, I just think Judas couldn't get past that, you know. And so he he had a vision for what he wanted Jesus to do in his life. He did not share the vision that Jesus had, or or the kingdom of God. Uh, and so as a result, this happened. So so Judas knew all the places. What's even crazier to me, what is even more insane if you think about it, is that Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. And I'm just, it just boggles my mind. How do you in the world, do you continue working, you know, or serving alongside or sacrificing or being the Messiah? And how do you continue loving someone who you already know is going to betray you? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I mean, I mean, we, you know, for us, it's like, oh man, if I knew, if I, if I knew this was going to happen, I wouldn't have opened up my heart. If I knew this person or this person was, or this situation, then maybe I would have done things differently. And so for all of us, it's like in hindsight, like, oh, you know, but then if you think about it, biblically speaking and scripturally and, and, and the gospel and Jesus, even though Jesus knew, he's still engaged. It wasn't like, Hey, let's let's go to this private place and have a meeting. But Judas, you stay over there, and you know why. You know, you know I know you know why. Kind of a thing, right? I mean, we that's that's what we do. You know, we start creating distances, or we start 
offloading or, or you know what I mean? Um, and so, I don't know. I think there's some, some kingdom perspective there. I think, I think there's some, some, some lessons to be learned there. For us, it's like if I knew there was going to be relational strife, then I wouldn't have engaged, you know, or I would have done it differently. And I think the scriptures is telling us that's not how God operates. I, I think the Holy Spirit is convicting us that it's not about whether or not relationally things were smooth. It's not about whether or not like someone agreed with everything or, or, or your way or that there, you know, there was an offense. I think the way the world is, you know, in, in its fallen condition is that there will always be offense and there's going to be offense in the, in, in the most precious relationships of your life. You know, in your marriage, there's going to be offense. In, in, in parenting, there's going to be offense. You know, in, I mean, in the most precious people in your lives, there, there's bound to be grievances and offenses. And, and so the goal then isn't to create an environment or a bubble where there's no grievances or offenses, you know, in our house churches, in, in, our, in, our, in our leadership, in our, in our, in our ministry teams. Those, those, it's just a part of life. I think what Jesus is teaching us here himself firsthand is grace. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. Jesus knew that he would even end in his you know, crucifixion. And yet, I don't understand it. You know, this morning as we're reflecting on this, and yet he still loved and included and accepted, you know, maybe with the hopes that, you know, the heart of Jesus or, or Judas would be turned. And even if Judas did this incredibly, you know, uh, act of betrayal, I, I, abs I, I absolutely believe if Judas had stuck around that Jesus would have forgiven him too. And Judas might have been one of the most incredible followers of Jesus after that crucifixion and resurrection. But, uh, you know, you know, uh, not surprisingly, Judas took matters into his own hands again. Um, and so just, just a, I, think, I, think, I think just a great reminder for us, you know, uh, as you're maybe a house church leader, there may be some difficult situations or circumstances in your, uh, you know, house church dynamics. Uh, maybe you're leading a ministry or a part of a ministry. Maybe uh, something's going on at home in, in, in with the kids or with marriage or in the workplace or, you know, your team or whatever the case. And um, I think that those are all opportunities that cause us to grow and have faith, uh, to extend mercy and grace. And hopefully, uh, by the power of God and by the spirit of God, you know, you, there's incredible testimonies that come out about it. Um, I think the second part uh, or, or the third part of this uh, is that Jesus was committed to a mission. You know, he, he, he was called. He knew exactly what he came to earth to do. And uh, if part of that meant, you know, betrayal, uh, you know, a difficult route, uh, you know, broken relationship in some, some regard or, you know, with Judas and betrayal, uh, you know, all, all the disciples left him, abandoned him. So here he is trying to build the kingdom of God for eternity. At the same time, he knows that what, what the catalyst for that is the crucifixion and resurrection. That's, that's the key. Like none of this makes sense. As, as, as crazy as it sounds, death and resurrection, as, as much as that 
sounds like that doesn't make sense. The whole gospel and the message of grace and God doesn't make sense without the crucifixion and resurrection. And so, so in a sense, no matter what you teach and no matter what you exemplify to the disciples, none of that matters if he doesn't go to the cross and, and, and forgives us of our sins and, and defeats death and sin and resurrects. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a balance there. It's like, it's like I'm doing something good that's helpful. I'm discipling these guys, and one day they're going to proclaim the gospel. But really, none of that matters without the mission. And so sometimes I think we also get caught up in certain things in our life that are good and necessary, but is it the mission? Is it the central focus for what God has called you? You know, what is the central focus for what God has called you? And are you laser beam focused on obeying that? And sometimes that means even having to let go of certain good things, you know, certain, certain blessings even. And so I just, I just, you know, it's just a testament to me of how laser focused Jesus is, uh, even though his disciples, you know, if you, if you look at it in, in a discipleship context, in some sense, you know, some, some have said it in this way. I don't know that I would use these exact words, but like, wow, if you think about it from a discipleship standpoint, after three years of Jesus fully giving himself and the best of him, all 11 or 12, you know, basically abandoned him, uh, except for John, uh, the beloved. Um, and so it's like, whoa, wow, three years. And then this whole thing is like blown up, disrupted. Um, but then of course it's this, it's this otherworldly, divine grace that that god had been setting up to share with us from the beginning that then brings everyone back so think about that for a second something an event happens betrayal the whole relational dynamic is blown up it's like man this thing just got leveled you know man we've been building can you imagine the other disciples like man we left our jobs that's okay um left our jobs, followed Jesus, did all these things and, and, you know, committed and we're building. It's like, it's like a startup, you know, you invested all this time and all this energy, you know, put aside other opportunities and then you're at the brink of, you know, coming to fruition. And then the whole thing just falls apart. Um, and then, and then just like that one act of grace and kindness, the resurrection, forgiveness, and, and, and everyone is brought back, everyone except uh, 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 Judas. Uh, and, and I think that's a reminder also this morning of how powerful grace is. Listen, no matter what relational situation you're in, no matter how bad it is, no matter how irreparable or, or you know, how disintegrated or how leveled or how like, like out of nowhere, left turn, just blown up, grace is that powerful. Forgiveness is, is that impactful. And it was able to bring everyone back and then to reset a mission and a vision and the focus, which is the central, central focus, which is Jesus. And so this morning, I want to make an invitation, you know, for all the wonderful things you're doing for the kingdom of God. You know, the Lord bless you. The Lord, man, favor upon you and your household, your, you know, physical, emotional, spirit, for all the, you know, you, you may, you may have your hands in like three or four different ministries, you know, bless you. But let that never detract you from the central focus of your life, which is Jesus. Right? Let not these things 
take away or steal or rob us from the central focus, which is simply meeting with your Lord on a daily basis and communing with him and fellowshipping with him. That is your central focus. Your relationship with Jesus, your personal intimate relationship comes first. Not your house church, not your ministry, uh, uh, not, not a, a project, not even your family. Jesus comes first. He's your central focus. What is the will of my father? Period. We need to get really good at praying that prayer. And then when our hearts come in alignment with him, guess what? Supernaturally, and, you, and we know this already, everything else starts to come into alignment with that. So it's that simple. You know, this morning, you know, we got, you know, as, as we're coming out tail end, two years, you know, who knows how long it drags out this year. Uh, I have faith that at least for Singapore, I can't say for the world, but at least for Singapore, I have faith. I really believe after Q1, uh, um, we're going to see a lot of, lot of, you know, change and exponential and all that, all that good stuff. Um, but man, you know, not without some of the damage being done. Um, but I, but I want to believe, I absolutely believe, uh, that relationships and things can be restored, but the key is to make Jesus our central focus. You know, Jesus eventually will go to the cross and, and we'll spend a few, you know, uh, next couple of weeks on this as well. And then again, in, in, uh, leading up to Easter, but, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's redemption. As, as dead as something may be in the kingdom of God, the redemptive power of God and of heaven and of Jesus, um, man, nothing can stop that. In this lifetime, you know, I absolutely believe it, or in the lifetime to come, uh, I have no doubt. And so I hope that you're encouraged with that uh, this morning. Uh, let's, let's bow our heads. Um, you know, if you're going through something this morning or this week, this season, you got two options. You can keep your distance and you can say things like, well, I don't want to engage. You know, if this is how it's going to be. I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, or, or uh, you know, following in, in the example of Jesus, you can continue faithfully. Uh, and, the, and the scriptures reminds us to bear a cross and to just continue faithfully to the mission that God has given you. What is the mission? that God has given you, uh, you know, what has he called you to commit to? It's to him. Don't you ever forget that. You know, let me, let me be the one to remind you. Our focus and mission is Jesus. He is our central focus. And so let's continue to commit to that, um, to our Lord um, in that way. So let me pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. And uh, we ask Jesus that, um, Lord, would you, would you just come and move in our hearts this morning, Lord, as we humble ourselves, uh, Lord, we just spend a few moments, uh, being reminded, you know, once again, it's almost like, a, oh yeah, you know, that, that's right. I, 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 I went into full-time ministry, not for the ministry or, or for any particular church or organization or, but I went into full-time ministry for you. And, and, and I said, God, you know, whatever you ask me and wherever you lead me, I will go. And, 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 I, and I told you, Lord, that I would have no agenda of my own. And so, Lord, would you remind us this morning once again when, 
you know, on that day where you called us, when you called us out of darkness, when you called us out of bondage, and you said, you know, you came to us and said, you know, I offer forgiveness and I offer myself and I want to be a part of your life. And how did we respond? We said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want all of you and I give you all of me. And that was it. It wasn't, yes, Lord, but if you do this, or yes, Lord, I give you all of me, but, you know, bless my ministry or bless my future or my family or my finances or, or you know, keep me healthy. None of that was part of it. It was just yes to you, Lord, because we knew how much you loved us. We know how much you love us and we know that you will always continue to love us. And so remind us once again this morning, Father, that you are our everything, Lord, that you are our central focus. And uh, Lord, we're, we're, we're delighted. We can't wait just to meet with you. Lord, share with us, what is your heart? What is your will for, <laughs> I almost said it, what is your will for us? What is your will today, period? God, how can we come in alignment with what you are doing? Lead us uh, in the light and in the path that we may bring glory to you. We love you, Lord. Whatever you ask of us today, wherever you lead us, Lord, we will obey. We thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.